Welcome to the Adventures in Ranching podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Waldo. In this podcast, I'm sharing my family's experiences of moving to a ranch in Montana. Well, I don't know that I would call it a ranch. It's something that my mother-in-law calls it, but it's about five acres and it's the most property that we've ever had. And we seem to be well on our way to having a bit of a ranch or ranchette. And who knows where it will go. But what I found is that this journey has called to me. And in this podcast, I share the adventures that we go through of not knowing how to do any of this, not knowing anything about living on more than a small piece of property in more of an urban area or even in a small town or a suburban area. And what we have learned and what we're learning as we go along. My intention with this podcast is for those that are looking for a little entertainment in their day as we go through our adventures, or maybe you're longing to move to your ranch or your ranchette or your homestead or farmette or whatever you want to call a small piece of your own land that allows you to connect maybe with nature, with animals, with more self-sustainability, whatever your purpose is. My goal with this podcast is to share my journey and to inspire you perhaps entertain you, and perhaps help you explore whether that's something that's right for you as well. So tune in as we embark on our adventure in ranching. Hello, and welcome to episode one of the Adventures in Ranching, starting a small horse ranch in Montana podcast. Ah, where to begin, where to begin. Um, You know, I really want to go back and share in upcoming episodes some of the amazing experiences that we had in our first year of being here on this property because it has been a major learning curve. (laughs) It's been pretty funny along the way. Um, For this podcast, if you're looking for the real like nuts and bolts kind of teaching of how to start a small horse ranch, that's really not my intention here. Um, I do believe that that you will pick things up as you go along. But my intention with this podcast is really to kind of share the ups and downs and the unscripted journey of what we've gone on in moving to this property and kind of waking up and being like, oh my God, what do we do now? Because it's the largest piece of property we've ever had. So let me back up and explain a little bit. Um, I grew up in Pennsylvania in a small town and had uh, never lived on a farm, um, but did live 
you know, in a town and I got into horses at a very young age, eight, around age five. And um, so we always would go to the barn, um, but we always boarded our horses somewhere else and never had horses in our property. And we never had property bigger than, I guess, maybe half an acre, something like that. Um, And that continued, you know, through my childhood, um, growing up in Pennsylvania And then I went away to college. Um, I stopped riding and uh, went away to college and lived in cities pretty much in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Rome, Italy. Then I moved to San Francisco, California in, in the actual city. Then I lived a little bit outside the city across the Golden Gate Bridge in Marin County. Um, So really accessible to nature um, on a piece of land that we were renting that had a lot of redwood trees and hills. Um, so some, some greenery, but not much that needed to be maintained, nothing that we would have animals on beyond a dog. Um, and it was a rental property. Then we moved, uh, to another part of Marin County and then to Pennsylvania, but Philadelphia in the city and, um, had a very small yard And then back to California, um, multiple places in the San Francisco Bay Area where we had, you know, some, um, again, less than half an acre, you know, and some trees and some plants and, and that sort of thing. But we're not, we're not really gardeners. Um, We've never lived on any kind of property. And really my experience with large animals came from riding horses and owning horses, but boarding them somewhere else, where a lot of the decisions were already made for me versus me making them in setting up a property. So now fast forward to last year, um, we moved to Montana and we had been looking for a place in Montana that would give us some connection to nature, to wildlife. And at that point, I didn't even think of horses coming back into my world at all, because I had not really been able to figure out how to have horses again. When I lived in San Francisco, I had started riding again, but it was about an hour long drive to where the horse was that I did a lease of. And you know, there was no option to really live anywhere commutable to work and be able to have a horse. So when we moved to Montana, um, we lived in an RV for a while and we were looking for property. We initially were just looking for a little, a little bit of something that spoke to us, something with trees, with a view, Um, Not too many trees, but with a view and something that just kind of called us. We really wanted to be connected to nature and to, to wildlife and to kind of feel like we had that kind of connection in, in our property. Um, And we knew that we could, we could get a property with a house that might need some cosmetic changes. Um, because we knew we could do that. We both have backgrounds. My husband and I both have backgrounds in um, architecture and interior design. And um, so we knew we could do that. 
Um, and we really just wanted something we would connect with. We also have two kids, um, two, uh, a preteen and a teenager. And really what, what happened is, and I will go into this story more, I'm sure about how we found our property, but this is the kind of abbreviated version that we, we had been looking we had been looking and looking and looking and nothing really fit what felt right. And until one day, um, there was a property that we had seen listed before and we had not gone to see it um, officially. We tried to find it unofficially. We couldn't find it. And then I saw it advertised for rent and the pictures look different than they did in the listing. So I decided um, to ask my husband, hey, should we, maybe they still have this house for sale. We were kind of getting desperate. Um, It was winter in Montana. It was cold. Um, We had given up on living in our our RV because it was too cold and we'd kind of all gotten sick. And so we were staying in a vacation rental. And basically, if we didn't find a house, um, we were going to move or at least travel somewhere further south where it was warmer. And then we didn't know if we would make it back to Montana. And what happened is we, we called our realtor and we asked if we could see if this property would still be for sale. Um, and it was out of our price range, but we thought, well, maybe if they rented it, they would be willing to negotiate because they weren't able to sell it for the price they had been asking. So she checked and, um, we were able to go see it. And this happened the day after Christmas. So it was a snowy day. We followed our realtor down a road and we didn't really pay attention to the fact that there was, that there was acreage. There's just under, it's just under five acres. And we had looked at a house um, that we had made an offer on a month or so before that did have about two acres. So we had kind of gotten used to the idea that maybe we might find something with a bit of land and maybe in our future there might be some kind of a animal of sorts. Um, but we weren't at all trying to get a property for horses or for any animals or anything with any acreage. We were just trying to find something we found a connection with that we felt a connection to nature with. Um, But we ended up going to see this property, not really thinking about the fact that it was just under five acres. There was just something kind of about the timing. And we're like, well, let's just go see it because we're kind of, we're kind of desperate here. Um, There was very little on the market and now even less on the market with winter. And like I said, if we didn't find something, we were going to pretty much pack up and head somewhere south. And I had really been called to move to Montana. So I really didn't want to do that. So we came to look at this property. We followed our realtor 
And as I said, we had tried to find this property on our own a couple times just to drive by it and see what it looked like. And we couldn't ever find it. We couldn't ever find the address. Um, it was like we went down a road and it wasn't clearly that right property. And we've experienced this a bit in Montana where sometimes maps just don't take you to the right place. So it wasn't that unusual, but we hadn't been able to find it. So we mentioned that to our realtor. She got very specific directions. And because there was a lot of snow on the ground and it was snowing, um, she drove with her husband in their big truck and we followed behind in our uh, all-wheel drive SUV. And we basically went down a dirt road and then we went across what looked like a field, a field leading to nowhere. We really didn't, I think, kind of know where the driveway was for this house because there was snow and it wasn't like it looked like a driveway. It just looked like a field of snow. And so we follow them in and then we go through these trees and kind of follow them along this pathway and then there emerges this house and the house looked different than it did from this angle than when we had first seen it in the listing which my husband didn't like how it looked in the original listing which is part of why we never asked our realtor to see it but when we pulled up to the house it looked different and it was kind of a different angle and we all kind of paused for a moment because sometimes, you know, we had looked at enough houses that we we could kind of tell like whether it was maybe going to be a possibility or not. And I could tell by looking at my husband and looking at my kids that we were all a little bit curious, like we weren't immediately dismissing this house like we kind of thought wow this is interesting and so we got out and we went in the house and we were walking through all the rooms and we didn't speak which is kind of unusual because normally my husband and I by this point after looking at property after property after property after property that wasn't a fit you know, we would kind of give each other a look after a couple seconds or even a minute in a property and kind of be like, eh, or maybe or something. But we all just kind of kept walking through the various rooms in this house. And um, I knew that was, I knew that something was going on. There was something about this property. There was something about this place that felt right, that felt like what we had wanted and we had not really been able to articulate to our our realtor. It was kind of like, it was a feel thing. We would kind of know it when we were there and we had gotten so discouraged thinking we wouldn't even maybe find what we were looking for, find something that felt right. But I could tell as we walked around, there was this sense of possibility. Now, don't get me wrong. There are a lot of things with the house that were not what we would have chosen. Um, each room had 
kind of its own colored carpet and um, bright colors or um, old vinyl flooring. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't like, yay, you know, this house is all ready to go. It wasn't that. It was, it was the bones of the house. It was the energy of the house. It was the energy of the property. And it was the view. This house has a very open, um, kind of a two-story, if you will, section that's a uh, uh, living room, dining room, kitchen area that has an amazing view of a mountain. Although that day we couldn't see the mountain because there was snow. So we could see that it had a view, but we didn't know what it had a view of. We just thought it had a nice view of some fields and um, some of the houses nearby. But it had a sense of trees and it had a sense of a view of something and it had just a sense of privacy and a certain energy about it and even though it needed a lot of cosmetic changes um, the kitchen was hardly usable in fact um, there was something about it and as I said we knew we we knew that we could make the kind of design changes or the cosmetic changes, the aesthetic interior changes, if the property was right, um, if the bones were right, not completely tearing it down and redoing it, but just making changes to the interior of the house and, and um, some different fixtures and finishes and flooring and that sort of thing. So at one point, we all stopped and we all agreed my kids, my husband and I, when we all looked at each other and we just had kind of a glow in our eyes and I don't remember exactly how it worked, um, but we knew right, it, right then and there that we wanted to make an offer on this house. And fast forward to what happened is we made an offer on the house um, and it was accepted. Um, and so by pretty much, I think it was the next day we knew that, uh, I think we had a contract going, um, in a very short period of time. And, uh, thus begins, you know, us finding this house that really we were connected to in this property that we felt some kind of, really strong connection to. And I I really felt like this property had been calling us. It had been kind of waiting for us. It was just exactly what we wanted in so many ways. And as I talk in this podcast, I'm going to talk more about Things that we discovered about this property that had that become even more clear to us just randomly, um, random discoveries about this property that helped us, helped me realize even more so how much it was and is what we've wanted. So now let's fast forward. We ended up you know, eventually closing on the property. 
and it was still winter and all of our belongings were um, other than what we had in our RV were in storage in another state and there was a lot of snow and cold weather and bad roads between us and that other state and there was an amazing shortage of moving companies that um, so many people were moving out of the western states like California and Washington and Oregon and moving into places like Montana and other places across the country that it was impossible to get a U-Haul. So we eventually, um, it was a kind of a, we kind of lived initially with just the stuff from our RV and a few things that we picked up locally. Like we bought a sofa locally. Um, we bought a couple of, um, my kids call church tables and folding chairs to use for our dining table. Um, we moved you know, some, some mattresses in on the floor and we use those in our rooms. We had some cots, um, from our RV and that's kind of how we lived in this property initially. And, um, eventually after, I think it was a couple of months, we were finally able to get our belongings back up here and be able to move in, which I may do its own episode on because that was a great adventure. But now let's fast forward a bit to the ranching side of things. We, we really didn't, when we first moved into this place, we really didn't even know what we had. We hadn't, the property was marked, but we hadn't even, there was a ton of snow out in the yard and we couldn't even really walk out. Um, we didn't have snowshoes. And if you tried to walk out, you would just get snow the whole way up in your snow boots. So we couldn't really walk out in the property for a very long time. There was a period where the snow started to melt a bit and it was, I guess, spring, maybe this was March or April and it was raining and we had kind of been inside a lot and adjusting with just making a lot of changes to the house to make it work, um, doing things to make the kitchen work, et cetera, et cetera, um, getting our belongings unpacked after they'd been in storage. And one day I just decided to just pull on my boots and go out and wander around the perimeter of the property. And in doing so, I discovered a section in the back in the woods that really felt like a kind of place where I would want to just hang out in a chair and um, do this thing that I do that's kind of like meditation called connecting inward, only it's a little bit different. It's a process of connecting into my own inner guidance, and it's something I teach people how to do. 
Um, and it seemed like this perfect spot to do that. And that was really the first time that I even had a sense of what just under five acres felt like and how big it was and what was there. And so I remember that as being kind of like a, a landmark experience of this property. Now, fast forward to somehow at some point, I remember it seemed like overnight the snow, not high up in the mountains, but where we were on in the, the valley, um, melted. And you could see the snow. We, we discovered we had this amazing view out of our living room window of a, of a mountain that is about 70, I think around 7,400 foot elevation. Um, and we really started to learn what it was like to live close to we live basically close to a range that is part of the Rockies that goes into Canada, um, the Rocky Mountain Range. And what that meant in terms of weather, weather can really change. And um, and it, it was really interesting to kind of discover that as we've been living here on this property. But it seemed like kind of almost overnight, we went from having snow to kind of having rain to then I remember suddenly it just seemed like overnight we had waist high grass <laughs> and we had no lawnmower. We had nothing to cut this grass with. We also had a lot of wooded lands and a lot of these kind of bushes that um, we didn't know. Again, they were really tall too, and they seemed to be growing really tall, and we didn't know what to do about those either. So one of our first kind of adventures in ranching um, with this property was well, first of all, we borrowed our neighbor, our, we met our neighbor one day, um, and you know, it's funny because the neighbor, the neighbor that is in front of our property, we didn't even know how to get to their house. Like their driveway is not near our driveway. And we have a long, we have a long driveway through our property. And then we have a long kind of shared road with two, two other neighbors that are kind of not really next to us. The one that's kind of next to us or in front of us, they access from a different road, a whole different road. And so we never like met them or saw them until one day in the spring, I happened to see a man walking and um, an older gentleman walking and he fell. And I said to my husband, oh my gosh, there's, a, a, I guess it's our neighbor out there and, and he's an older gentleman and it looks like he fell and I don't know if he can get up. And so I asked my husband for help and he basically kind of left our kitchen and threw on his boots and went running out and climbed over this fence that separated our properties. And that's how we met one of our neighbors. 
um, I came out too and we met our neighbor that way. (laughs) And we ended up um, becoming friends with this neighbor. And so um, when it was, I don't know how much later, when that snow melted and then the grass just started growing like crazy, we did borrow a zero turn mower from that neighbor, which my husband had never, I don't think he had ever ridden, um, used a riding lawnmower before. We had a small electric lawnmower um, from our time in Pennsylvania, where we had a very small lawn that we planted. Um, and then we never had a lawn in California, really, because it was kind of too gro- too dry, and you would have needed to irrigate it. Um, and that was not something that most people did. Most people did drought tolerant plants. Um, so my husband used the neighbor's zero turn lawnmower and had kind of a great adventure of learning how to do that. And then fast forward to us realizing we needed something to, you know, to, we couldn't keep borrowing our neighbor's lawnmower. (laughs) We, we needed to get something and we had no idea where to, to begin. My husband liked the zero turn mowers. Um, but we also realized we had all this land that had trees on it and, and woods and brush and tall kind of weeds that, a regular zero turn mower probably wouldn't work on was my sense. So what did we do? I looked up things on YouTube and I discovered something called a brush hog, which I had no idea. We had no idea what a brush hog was. And I watched an amazing video that showed how if you have a small tractor or a tractor that you can get an implement, which is a, I didn't even know what an implement was, a thing that you attach to the back of your tractor. And it is called a brush hog. And it basically can cut down brush and other things in like wooded areas, right? So it's you can also use it to mow your lawn, but it's not going to give you like a a really low f- find cut the way you would with like a zero turn or just a regular riding lawn mower. But um, we realized that something called a brush hog could at least get us started if we got a tractor. So my husband began researching how to find a tractor. And literally, we didn't know anything about tractors. We didn't know anything about tractors. We didn't know anything really about a brush hog until this YouTube video. And this kind of really, you know, it's funny because now we're a year later from having owned this place and we have a tractor and we know how to use the brush hog, but we didn't know how to do 
any of that. We didn't, my husband didn't know anything about it. I didn't know anything about it. Um, at the time, I don't even think, yeah, we didn't have um, plans to get a horse at that time. We were just taking one step at a time with realizing, oh my gosh, we've got this property and the grass was getting so high. We knew we needed to do something. We knew we needed to figure some stuff out and fast. And um, so thus kind of begins some of the amazing things that we have learned in our adventures in ranching, our experiences of going on this journey of having no idea what we were doing and no idea what we had gotten ourselves into really. I mean, we, we were just completely clueless and thank goodness for YouTube and thank goodness for our neighbor who we've asked a lot of questions to and other neighbors and people at stores that have been very helpful here in Montana that we would pepper with questions because we had no idea what we were doing and we were just really truly clueless about it. Now my husband's a very handy guy so once he has some information you know he can figure things out. He's very handy, um, knows how to fix things, knows how to make things and build things, but we just didn't have this experience and we just didn't have this knowledge and we had to figure it all out. And it really was such an amazing and very steep learning curve. And one that was fun and funny at times and literally also at times experiences that would just kind of bring us to tears. My husband in particular, I mean, not saying he cried, but just the frustration level of just everything we set out to do, we had to learn. Like every everything, every seemingly small and simple thing led to 50 other things we had to learn how to do that we didn't know how to do to do the one thing that we thought we were actually setting out to try to do. And yet we did it. We did it. We've, we've learned how to do it and we figured it out and we put one step in front of the other with really our amazing neighbors, amazing people at stores nearby. And really, I do believe, you know, the grace of God or source or the universe or whatever you want to call that higher power that truly called us to live in this place from the beginning. So these are the stories that I'm going to be sharing these are the experiences that I'm going to be sharing, but I want you to know here we are now a year later and there's so many things we've learned about things we've done right, things we've done wrong, 
um, the amazing experiences of where we live. I'm, I'm sitting right now in my office and I have a view of the mountain. And this mountain, as I said, is around, I think, 7,400 um, foot elevation. And I believe the valley where we live is maybe three, something like that. And so um, it's it's now spring. I don't know if it's officially spring yet, but um, it, it a few days ago, it looked like the end of winter. We we had pretty much had a lot of snow gone, except for in certain spots where there was shade on our property. But then out of the blue, out of the blue here in early April, we got another several inches on our property overnight. We had snow start yesterday out of the blue. It wasn't, I don't think it was even expected. And then we woke up to what had been dirt, finally seeing dirt after months and months of snow. And now it's covered with snow again. So I'm looking out my window at this view of this mountain and I'm seeing all this snow again and it's a gray day and I believe that it's snowing at the top of the mountain that I'm looking at and I'm looking out the window and as I was speaking, an amazing hawk flew by and we've had We've had such amazing experiences with wildlife on our property. Um, last year, we had a, a nest of of hawks. Um, so we would watch the mom hawk and, and the babies um, fly around. Um, we have many, many eagles that fly around our property and that fly over that I see from our window. Um, we we have geese that fly over and it's it's so breathtaking you just need to stop and see all these geese flying over we have all kinds of birds we have all kinds of critters we have deer that come right up next to our window um and we have so many tracks that we've discovered. We really have just had this amazing adventure of living on this property. And now we also have a horse. Um, I'll talk more about how we we got that horse and how that came to be. Um, and we had a second horse and I'll share stories probably about what happened with that. So we're looking to get another horse and, and, and eventually more than, than that, hopefully. Um, but this is, this is our story. This is really our story of our adventure in ranching. And I have to laugh when I say that because I don't really think of this property as a ranch. Um, I started calling it that because um, my mother-in-law called it a ranch. She told people that her son and daughter-in-law live on a ranch in Montana. And we just kind of had to laugh because to us, a ranch is, you know, is like what you really see around here where people have you know, 30 acres, 40 acres, or at least 20 acres. 
and they have a pretty big property. Um, we have what I would call like a mini ranch, a ranchette, a, a little farms, a little farmstead, a little homestead, but it's our little ranch. And I really have come to believe that we've been called to our little ranch and we're learning all of these things for some larger purpose, for some larger purpose of maybe having larger property or something at some point. Um, but really, we've been engaging and embarking on this journey of these adventures in ranching and learning all of these things. And in this podcast, this is what I'm going to be talking about. But here we are, it's early April, and we are in the midst of snow again. And this is just such the life in Montana. And I will tell you that it is a life that is not without its challenges and not without its days of being like, what are we doing? But it is also a life that I think that I have, I know that some part of me has dreamed of, that connecting with the wildlife here, having animals on our property, having wildlife on our property, seeing these mountain ranges around us, the the nature in Montana, the weather in Montana, the skies in Montana are, they just seriously take my breath away. And this is such a part of what I will also be talking about in this podcast, because this is something I, I feel like I've waited my whole life to live in Montana. And I will talk at some point about the fact that I never even knew anything about Montana before, I think it was 2019. Um, but that's, that's a story for another time. I wanted to just kind of take you a little bit into our world and share a little bit about how we came to have this ranch or mini horse ranch in Montana and what my intention with this podcast is and a little bit about how we got here and some of the experiences we've had to date and I hope that this has been a little bit entertaining and inspiring and maybe has given you an opportunity to maybe you've lived on a piece of land before but you've moved into another place and this podcast gives you an opportunity to relive some of those days of your experiences or maybe you're like us and you've never lived on much property but some part of you is maybe wondering about it and you stumbled upon this podcast and you're experiencing some of the things that we've gone through as we've gone through this journey of of 
not knowing what the heck we're doing. Um, or maybe you're an experienced rancher. <laughs> You've stumbled upon this podcast and you're laughing at these kind of city slickers that have come to Montana that are learning and um, learning to be Montanans. I don't know. Is that the word? Montanans? Montanians? I don't know. I will say one thing and that is we want to embrace the Montana that's here. We didn't come to bring our other state ways to this state. We came because this state has really, we've always longed to live in the mountains. And I have come to understand now how I've really always longed to live more in a place like where I grew up in Pennsylvania, where I'm originally from, that this area reminds me a lot of. And this is what we're here for. We're here to embrace this. We're here to connect with our community and to connect with this heritage this heritage that I believe is so beautiful, so wonderful. And, and to really adapt our, to adapt our lifestyle, to adapt our lifestyle to what is here, to living in nature, to living on this land. And to embarking on this adventure that we're going on in having our own little mini ranch. So I will sign off for today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to sharing more. And I really want to encourage anyone who's listening to this, who's resonating with it to reach out at hello at michellewaldo.com. That's hello at M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O.com. Until next time. I'm so glad you joined me on the Adventures in Ranching podcast. To learn more about my other offerings, you can visit my website at michellewaldo.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E-W-A-L-D-O dot com. <laughs>